Welcome to Torah Talks Chazak Tuesday night programs with a special guest tonight. We have with us a very special guest, all the way from Eretz Kodesh, Rabbi Chanoch Talish Shlita. Rabbi, how you doing? Thank you very much. What an honor it is to have you over here at the Chazak headquarters. Okay, before uh, I go any further, I just want to commend the Chazak for all the work you do. It's admirable, it's uh, distinguished, and uh, we, we revere you very much for it. We appreciate it very much, Rabbi. And uh, the rabbi, as we all know, is a world-renowned lecturer and an author. And he uh, has an amazing podcast, Teller from Judaism. Our, Jerusalem. Teller from Jerusalem. Teller from Jerusalem. Saying words with the last name. Love it. <laughs> and uh, before we start with the, tonight's amazing topic, which is being a mensch, uh, Rabbi, if you could tell our listeners a little bit more background of the great work the rabbi is involved with. And, uh, and, uh, uh, well, yeah. I love, I'm being facetious. I don't love talking about myself. Uh, I'm best known, perhaps, for being an author. Uh, I've written a number of books, close to 30. Uh, I teach in many seminaries. I teach also, I give a shir in Shivata Kotel. Uh, I lecture worldwide, produce three films. Uh, on the side, I try and learn a little bit. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. I have to add... I'm a runner. <laughs> I have to add that the rabbi is a father of 18. That's right. I uh, I didn't say that wrong. Chai, 18. So I commend you for that, rabbi. Thank you. It's uh, something that we all uh, look up. I commend my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we commend Rebbe Zintaler. Okay, we commend the Rebbe That's true. That's true. The ladies are the ones that uh, make things happen. People, so. You know, people always say, you know, I had a boy, I had a girl. I always say with a mild assist from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> It's all the wife. Okay, okay, Rabbi. So, uh, so, so the topic is being a mensch, and uh, the question is, how Maybe do we, we should do... define the mensch? That's what I was going to ask you. How do we define being a mensch, and, and how do we manifest it? Now that I said, I don't know how to define it, but define <laughs> mensch means uh, just acting with a. We want everyone to act in a, in a civil way, courteous, polite, with decorum, and a mensch means going from civility to nobility. People who see you would want to mimic the way you act. Not be repulsed from it, but rather be appeal. It would appeal and attract other people to try and mimic your behavior. That would be a mensch. Oh, okay, so 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 so. Now what? Right now we're in the middle of Sefirat Omer. Uh, we all know that twenty-four thousand students of Rabbi Akiva passed away due to the fact that they weren't respectful for one another. So uh, is that uh, connected to being a mensch, Rabbi? Were they not mensches? Well, first of all, you know, I have uh, hesitation. Far be it for me to speak about Tamir Rebbe Kiva. They must have been fantastic people. They you can't have a better Rebbe. And yet and yet, there was something that did not enable them to convey the Torah because they didn't show proper respect. So uh, you can learn all you want, but if you don't have respect for a fellow person, there's something fundamentally lacking. And more pertinent to us, not everyone in the audience is going to be a teacher of Torah, but everyone has to act in a way that's commendable, meritorious, favorable, positive, and certain things we have to do. I think I can give you some rudimentary things that I think are pretty yeah, 101 basic. And they are not to cut a line, even to think your time is more important than someone else's. This would even mean not cutting the ramp onto the Brooklyn Bridge. And if you live in Philadelphia, I can't remember the bridge, but uh, that would be pretty fundamental. It means affording respect to someone, even if... Uh, you know, I, I personally, this is my pet peeve with my kids. They, I mean, I never got anywhere with it, but I don't like when people ask me, how are you? Because, but you want me to tell you the answer? You want to hear about my uh, backaches? Like, <laughs> you, if you care about someone, you'll really, but you, to show that you really do care about someone, that it's not, you don't treat them like, uh, like someone you care who, who makes a difference. It means not leaving a soiled tissue 
uh, on the table or on the floor and expect someone else to clean up for you. But putting it in your pocket, uh, it means uh, showing fundamental decorum with a cell phone. Students come to speak to me and they're, they're swiping. To me, this is akin to talking to someone or reading a novel as I'm talking to them. Uh, Providence places you in a crowded place, a crowded bus, a crowded restaurant. People talk so loud. Why do I have to hear all the gory details of your new diet, of how cute your niece is? I mean, I've heard people shout intimate things over a phone. It's inappropriate. I've been at funerals where a phone goes off. Now, I'm aware of the fact that sometimes you forget to turn off the ringer. But what I'll never get is how do they take the call? No. And did you know it happened once? I went to a funeral in Jerusalem I mean, one time. I was at a funeral. I came home. Someone got a call and was talking on the, at the funeral. So I came home, it was, right? It was on a Friday. So I came and at the Shabbos table, I said, I was at a funeral, phone went off, and uh, someone took the call. And all my kids said right away, it must have been a doctor. I said, I don't think this 15-year-old girl is a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so funny. But uh, to the rabbi's credit, they were down in They gave the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, we, we raised them. On, I always tell my kids, you look out the window, you see something, something this week's, well, I don't know what's going to be here, this week's parasha is judging favorably. This past week. Yeah, if you look out the window and you see someone doing something that's like strange, bizarre, peculiar, we always say in our family, like kids grew up on this, chapter three. Chapter three. We just didn't read the first two chapters. If you're cultured, you can say act two. We come in the middle. We don't know the whole story. Have you done it? Kol Hadam judged the entire person? What does that mean? Because there's so many plethora of factors that make up a person. Different background, upbringing, nurture, nature. You don't know all of that. So give the benefit of the doubt. Wow, amazing. So this past week's Parsha Barashat Kiddushim is filled with laws that are been done with About 51. <laughs> But it's mm-hmm. Kedoshim. Correct. That's the name of the parsha. It's being holy. So I would think being holy has to do with, you know, godly things, uh, you know, prayer. Well, truthfully, well, the more mitzvot you do, the more it's going to make you holy. That's why it says in the end of Masech Makot, it says, uh, mitzvot, the more mitzvot you do, makes you a holier person. And uh, there's a story, I heard this from Rabbi Beryl one. Actually, I didn't hear from him. I read it from him. <laughs> that a fellow, uh, when bragging, was an apicurus, he was an apostate, a heretic, he went bragging to, the, to this rabbi, he said, Rabbi, there's not one sin that I didn't violate. And the rabbi said, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but there is one. He says, what's that? There is a sin to commit suicide. That you haven't yet done. So. <laughs> <He's still alive. laughs> so the truth is, every Jew, you know, there was an expression... I mean, I don't know the audience if they know, but the expression in Yiddish, it's hard to be a Jew. Mm-hmm. It's not true. And Rabbi Moshe Feinstein famously said, people came over from Europe and they sacrificed so much to keep Shabbat and then their children left it and they sacrificed so much. So Rabbi Moshe blames on this expression, it's hard to people, be People, yeah, you say it's hard. It's, you're not conveying how beautiful Why would the kids want to continue yeah. in that way? But really, it's not hard. There's so many mitzvot. As long as you're doing something... You're within the rubric. Keep on going. Now, Parshat Kedoshim, doing mitzvot makes you a holier person, but the ultimate, and this we have to, we can't think about this enough, is the ultimate is to be a Kiddush Hashem, and the worst is to be a Chilol Hashem. Kiddush Hashem means to sanctify the name of God, and the worst thing is if you desecrate God's name. And we love these stories. We love stories about people who are Kiddush Hashem. I'll tell one or two or three, but I have to sober it also that... Uh, it's not the norm. It's not the perceived norm. Uh, but let's start with the good. 
uh, Aaron Fierstein in 1995, Malden Mills, his family business burned down. It was the largest fire in Massachusetts in over 100 years. He had close to 2,000 employees. He kept them on the payroll for first one month, then two months, paid their medical benefits. It was such a big deal. Uh, the Boston Globe had in its banner headline, you know, there's a, I assume everyone knows the storybook. I never read it, but everyone knows it. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. This was two weeks before Christmas. And they said in the banner headline, Boston Globe, the mensch who saved Christmas. He was a kid in Hashem. President Clinton said what an honorable person this was. And he said it's because it says in the Torah, you can't take care of your employee. You can't neglect them. And it doesn't have a fairy tale ending. He rebuilt it to give everyone a job, and it didn't, and it failed. Oh, wow. He would have been so easy to take $30 million of insurance and retire, but he didn't do that. He was over 70 years old. He was a kid of Hashem. Um, the Detroit Free Press. This is, again, a story from Rabbi Barrow Warren. Um, Detroit is a city which has a rich history in anti-Semitism. Father Cochlin was on the radio every single week blasting anti-Semitism. Henry Ford was commended by Hitler for being such a great anti-Semite. And Detroit was once a hush of a city. It was once the ninth most populous city in America. And today it's been bankrupt, I don't know, for how many years. It's oh. embarrassing, Detroit. But Detroit has a lot of uh, Arabs there. And you would imagine Detroit Free Press would not be a very pro-Israeli paper. For decades it had pro-Israeli headlines, pro-Israeli editorials. Why is that? And the answer is is that there was a family that lived in Southfield, which is a religious neighborhood in Detroit, and uh, they hired a housekeeper who was right off the boat from Ireland. So this Irish housekeeper was there, helped them in the home, and they were, she was working for a couple of days, and then finally went on the midwinter vacation. And when they drive back December 24th, big bay windows in Southfield, a religious community, it's a ghetto, they see sparkling in the window is this large Christmas tree, Medalla Pichovkis with the, with the stars and the stockings and everything. And can you imagine all their neighbors see this? They walk into the house and the maid said to them, you know, it's already December 24th. Where are you going to find a Christmas tree on December 24th? I have to help you out. And he said to her, this is so nice and commendable and courteous of you and polite and I'm so grateful. But the tree has to go. Her son was an editor of the Detroit Free Press. And for decades, he remembered how kind they were to his mother there were positive editorials. All these stories where someone does a good thing, my expertise is the Holocaust. And uh, virtually every story I know of someone who went out of their way to save a Jew is because once a Jew was kind to them, did them a favor, and always came home to roost. Uh, I just want to tell you, it's sobering that Kiddush we love the stories. It's not always the norm. It's not always the perceived norm. I don't know why a guy gets on a plane, he has to turn the whole plane upside down, he doesn't want to sit next to a woman, from Moshe Road in the subways. Yeah, and uh, people sit down the street they want to protest a draft dodging person and because of that all traffic has to be stopped Uh, we have to make sure that our conduct is before we get to nobility at least civility powerful very important fundamental and here we are before Shavuot that's right this is what we have to do before we receive the Torah that's what it is that's what it is we have to all work on ourselves 100% Rabbi has very powerful points and um, I know that the rabbi is uh, running to catch a flight back to the Holy Land. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, if we could ask Rabbi for one more final message, another gem, whether it's connected or not to connected to the topic. Okay, I'll just tell the story about it. We love stories, uh, Rabbi. Okay. So you don't, don't worry about it. My, a, uh, there's a fellow named Yassel, 
Yasel Chatnik. He passed away during COVID. He lived in Borough Park in this one of these little cubicles, and a black painter was painting his house, and they were taking all the paintings and enlargements off the wall. And one of the blow-ups was of the Bubba Rebbe, the largest Rebbe in all of Borough Park. Largest meaning the largest following. Not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like his balmidot, you know, <laughs> the, the greatest following. And so the black painter said to my friend Yassel, he said, is this your rabbi? He said, no. He said, why isn't he your rabbi? He's not my rabbi. Let's get on with the job. He said, but why isn't he your rabbi? He's not my rabbi. Can we get on with the job? Why isn't he rabbi? Listen, look at the wall. There's all these rabbis' beards. They look very rabbinic. Can we get on with the job? He said, why isn't he rabbi? He's not my rabbi. And then the black painter said, he's my rabbi. He said, what the? <laughs> he pulls out his wallet and rips out a photograph of the Rebbe. He said, ah, what? I'll tell you. He said, one morning, I was painting his house. The Rebbe came home and he said to me, did you have breakfast? I said, no. He said, sit down. He waited upon me, served me breakfast. Then he said to me, I'm going to tell you something. I knew just what he was going to say. He's going to tell me, I'm paying you good money. I want a good job. And the Rebbe said, you know, we once had the world of perfection. And everything was the way it was supposed to be. Because of our sins, the temple was destroyed. So I cannot ask you to do a perfect job. I'd like you to try your hardest. You know how his people recommend? He gave him hundreds of his chassidim. And he said, no one ever gave me breakfast. They all said to me, I pay you good money. I want a perfect job. And I say to them, you want a perfect job? There's no temple. How do you want a perfect job? <laughs> okay, thank you, Chazak people. You're supporting the greatest cause. Thank you, Rabbi Chanach Tala. Thank you very much for your time, your oh, precious time. One more time, listen to the podcast. Yes. Tell it from Jerusalem. You can find it at, on any platform or go to my website. Hanoch Teller, H-A-N-O-C-H, Hanoch Teller, dot com. Hanoch Teller, dot com. Make sure to visit the website. And uh, Rabbi, you just gave us a small glimpse. There's a lot more in, on the website and on the podcast. We encourage all of our listeners to uh, check that out. We want to thank the Rabbi for coming down over here. Pleasure. We really appreciate it. And uh, we want to remind all of our audience every single Tuesday night, Chazak special uh, Torah talks with special guests. And uh, looking forward to next week in Mitzvah And they want to give a shout out to Touring Time today, the org. Really appreciate your support. And uh, any suggestions of future rabbi speakers to join the program, the Torah Talks, please make sure to reach out to info at chazak.org, I-N-F-O-C-H-A-Z-A-Q.O-R-G. Shout out to Robbie and the entire Chazak team over here at, at, the, at the office. Really appreciate everyone's uh, support. Have an amazing night.